Hello everyone, welcome to the Youth Critic Podcast on the Youth Critic Network. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Youth Critic Podcast. I am your host, Kale Smith. And joining me this week is Kyle Arking from the Kyle Arking YouTube channel. Hello, everybody. I'm excited to talk about um, a fair, um, I mean, um, um, a lot of, uh, uh, I'm ready to talk about a lot of fun movies today like Godzilla and um, a movie that isn't that fun um, made a sound well it's a comedy according, to, according so to the Golden funny. Globes it's a comedy <laughs> who knew pedophilia was comedy um, so, well you know what actually it's fitting for the Golden Globes it's fitting for the Golden Globes that they think that's funny so you know what let them have it they're they're on their last ride anyway so so, middle finger. Apparently, they got up. rid of everybody. <laughs> Apparently, all the old people got are gone, and like, like it's a new blood. So it's like so House. Of, so it's like House of Gucci. They just have like, they had like a Lady Gaga person just like remove everybody. I guess so. <laughs> Maybe it's more <sighs> Saltburn. Oh yeah, they got- I haven't seen Saltburn. I've seen the clip. I, I excuse me. I've seen the clip posted i have not watched the clip don't mention it we, <laughs> uh, so, swimming. uh and then ryan <laughs> we introduced you right no you did not <laughs> damn it okay and then also joining us is ryan <laughs> what's up everybody uh it, it's been great it's been great uh we're off to an incredible start uh so yes we are going to be talking about godzilla Mi- minus one uh, the new Godzilla movie from Toho, uh, it's been getting all the buzz, and it actually was number one last weekend, and it was only beat um, this this past weekend by um, The Hunger Games, uh, which only beat it by a margin. And then, of course, the new uh, Studio Ghibli movie, um, The Boy and the, the Heron. Boy and the Heron. It was a Heron? I thought it was Heron. It could be either. No, it's um. No, you're thinking of, you're thinking of something else, Kyle. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, but yes, we are going to be. But before we get to uh, God, Godzilla minus one, we're going to be talking about the new Todd Haynes movie, May December. Uh, the new movie starring Natalie Portman, uh, Julianne Moore, and Charles Melton. Uh, and uh, just you know what, Ryan. Uh, starting with you, what did you think of May December? A movie that's not a comedy. Uh, th- although there are like two line, two bits that I laughed at, be- and it's more line readings than anything. Uh, as as the time goes on, I think I think I gave it like three and a half on Letterbox. Uh, it's it's well made, well acted. I'm not a big fan of like how the certain story aspects progress 
Uh, I think Charles Melton is excellent and deserves at least an Oscar nomination. I don't know about a win because you got uh, Robert Downey Jr. and uh, Ryan Gosling to uh, contend with. But uh, I think he at least deserves a nomination. Well, right. Yes. Um, and then Kyle? Yeah, I I was um, interested in the film, I thought it was fascinating because, of course, it is inspired by a true story. Um, I thought that, like Ryan said, like the performances were all terrific. Um, there really isn't a weak link in the entire cast. Even some of the more supporting characters, like Corey Michael Smith, who played um, one of Julianne Moore's sons in the film, has only a, you know couple of scenes but he really um chews up the scenery it's um a dark yeah, he, yeah he's the uh, he's the, the the sun that stands that stood out to me yeah georgie yeah, yeah georgie. Oh. georgie one of the two lines that made me laugh where the the scene where we were introduced to his character and they're cover they're playing a song and it's like God damn it! You you and it's it's like like we're we're off key, we're off pace. It's the fucking drummer's fault. And then he storms off, and then goes to uh, Natalie Portman's character. Yeah. What does he say to her in that scene? He's like, "So how's the investigation going?" Yeah. <laughs> you know, which that's what this kind of movie feels like. It feels like an investigation. It feels like, you know, and that's going into my thoughts, I was like, I was kind of like, it's weird that, you know, an actress would go this method to, like, just to get into the character. Because you would almost feel like you kind of need, it shouldn't be, like, an investigative journalist or, you know, someone maybe, you know, just wanting to do a piece of, like, it, you know, of the time or whatever. It it, feel, it feels like the, like, if we made a movie about the time that uh, say uh, uh, like like any movie based on a on on based on fact, and we, we but we made a movie about the investigation and go and going into the characters and or go or interviewing the real person. Like if yeah. like if say uh, I Tanya was actually about Margot Robbie meet or, or Margot Robbie meeting the real Tanya Harding, and we made a movie about that. That's what this feels like. Yeah, exactly, and. So to me, like this is what, and this is kind of a very extreme version. And also, I should point out the thing I will say, and I think it kind of gives us permission to kind of endure. Like what I always say is to endure the movie. You know, in terms of like the subject matter, the craziness. I mean, because Natalie Portman's character has like several. Like she kind of gets more crazy or more, you know excessive in her demand as well as she become like dawns the gracie you know exterior um the thing that kind of gives us is a the music and also this movie kind of treats everything like this flowery you know soap opera like it has this like veil of like you know this flowery soap opera like a live show until like the last until uh it it kind of gets darker once the once uh uh Jerry the Charles Melton character kind of starts maybe not unravel but but realize realize what what has happened to him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 
yeah, because he's so he's been so into the game of it. I don't, maybe the game's not a good term, but he's been so like in the role so much of like, I want to be there for you know Grace. I want to. She's just you know, she's this you know woman who's filled with passion and connection, and then you know needs a lot of empathy because of everything that's happened. You know, and then you just kind of realize how much of, you know, Gracie really is a true, (laughs) true evil. Like how this true evil she really is and how much she really is like a predator, you know, collecting her prey. And you could argue, maybe not predator, but uh since 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 i uh, since we're doing may december i assume we could get into some some form of spoilers right uh yes although if people do want to save themselves from other surprises you know this is where we this is where we have to leave you and then you just have to come back uh so go ahead ryan all right uh about maybe uh, an hour and 15 minutes into the movie uh uh Elizabeth or the uh the Natalie Portman Natalie Portman uh 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 has like this air or this this thing for her asthma and then she tries to get get with Joe and then it turns into a seduction then she kisses him and then they bang and then you see his uh his fake PP at the when he stands up you're just going straight for the PP you just wanted to go ahead and knock no. it out I think it's a prosthetic, right? That's- yes, it is a prosthetic. It's been confirmed to be prosthetic, which, yeah. The, the the only reason why I bring that up is because when the the because like like Netflix puts up the rating reason, and it says like some sexual contact, graphic nudity, drug use, and language. And it's like mm-hmm. we're an, we're an hour and f- we're we're like almost. It's almost, really an hour and a half in. Yeah. We're semi late into this movie. We're we're what 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 kind of nudity are we going to be seeing here? But that scene, I'm glad that Ryan brought the scene up because that scene. And also, she said at the end, uh, 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 what you didn't want to just have a little fun. Yeah, yeah. So like with that, Kyle. Yeah, go. You're talking about because you get to see how Joe reacts towards. Gracie throughout the film, but this is the scene where we truly see how he gets to react towards Elizabeth. And this is a woman that, I mean, in a way, she kind of is studying him, maybe like how Gracie did before uh, when they met, but she is kind of like that part of him that kind of wakes up because she says to him at the end after they have sex she says this is what grown-ups do and yeah. like that scene is where he's like like and charles melton plays it so well where it's like a young boy that's been trapped in this man's body for all of these years never been able to grow up he's kind of like a peter pan in a sense, and finally, she she makes wa- him a man. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, kinda... literally and figuratively. Um, but I mean, it's a really interesting scene. Um, I think they 
Natalie Portman plays it so well. I think Melton plays it so well. I really do think that um, they do a great job with how. Also, it's a water too. I think it's 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 like it's like they start going at it, and it's it and it, and the camera slowly goes up top. It's this isn't like a sexy. Oh, we're yeah. gonna cut. We're gonna cut fifty times, and we're gonna have this. this we're gonna food, have food, food, lots of or, inserts or, and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. Or or or, or 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 not 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 or or like if 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 uh if Todd Haynes wanted to put like like mid nineties saxophone music that you would see in those kinds of movies he could have. Or if he wanted to emphasize the fact that this is a comedy, in quotes. I mean, it's pretty funny that you know, and this is going to show my maturity. It's very funny that they were able to he was it. It was short enough to just do a one take. Yeah. Um, anyway, but but anyway, so to me, what I really like about that scene is it shows basically what did happen. Like that's kind of, and that's like why I kind of been won over by the whole actress, you know, being the catalyst of it all. Um, her studying for this role is because we finally kind of get to see without seeing what actually happened, you know, back in, you know, 36 years ago or whatever it is, you know, we finally, yeah. Like we finally get to see what actually did happen. And it's so disturbing. It's so also, disturbing what happened. Also. Yeah. Also a scene that, that, that I wanted to mention is that it's near it's it's semi near the end where uh elizabeth or natalie portman does like this five minute monologue and or confession letter and it goes on and on and on it almost looks like it could be an audition tape and because it mentions a lot that that they're that they were trying to find the perfect young actor for the play the play joe in in this independent movie I've heard some people say it's like a cheesy lifetime thing. I think this is supposed to be like like an A twenty four or neon movie that that capitalizes on the headline. And you're and I'm half expecting them after she's done for them to like cut to like this cute Asian kid, just to, and 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 say something, but they don't do that. No, I think that's still like when she's at the hotel and she's just like she's reading it and she's actually processing and basically becoming Gracie, you know, and or what her version of Gracie is because she has all this information about, you know, her brothers. She has all this information about that could be like the scene you know, they her play marriage. For. She has all this information. If she gets the Oscar nomination, they could play that scene. Yeah. Or and uh, for for Charles Melton, the 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 rooftop scene. Would, after they get after they get stoned and if we're talking about like Charles Melton scenes, I would play the one where, um, like at the end on the bed where he's talking to, um, Gracie. Gracie. And would they show that because it's kind of like a spoiler? They don't care. They they've shown they, they in. I mean, it's uh, on the when, internet. When uh when because you brought it up when Rosamund Pike was nominated for Gone Girl. And 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 at the Oscars, they showed the sea bomb scene, but they didn't show any of the sea bombs. They showed that scene, the scene at the end where she were were like, "I'm this big," you know. 
I'm the new Mary. Oh, oh, oh yeah. But they didn't. But they didn't. But they didn't, they yeah. didn't show that scene. Or they, they, they didn't, they didn't, they, they picked, they cherry picked and put the stuff that where she doesn't say the C bomb, but it's that scene. Well, I mean, to be fair, I mean, Gone Girl was such a sensation. And by that point, that I mean, if you hadn't seen the movie, you're, you, you're, you don't care about the spoilers. So for that, but for this, I would say, I mean, that clip's already surfaced online anyway, as like a, like, no, this is why we need to nominate Charles Melton anyway. So I think it's very much already there. Although my Oscar clip would be like, just do the, the scene on the roof. Like that's such a great scene. Cause and also, cause this movie, all the children are so like distant from them, from their parents. Like they really don't want to be like, they're kind of falling, kind of like finally getting clued in on like, Oh, this is fucked up. Yeah. Like, well, also there's, there's the scene where they're in the the like the restaurant and they're and they're talking about like graduation gifts and the one daughter's like like you got me a scale one year, which is such a gift. Which wait, <laughs> which is a yeah. hell of a gift. Yeah. <laughs> and it's uh, it's like oh and Gracie's like oh no I just got uh, this is something like 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 your mother gave me that or my mother gave you this this is like uh this is like something like a hint or like a family tradition and then she also talks about a necklace and there's a lot of complexity there because I do think that um, one of the best parts about the movie is like you can really dig into these characters there's a much more to them than just being like surface level um you know, um, one-dimensional people. And I think that goes for, like, every single character in this movie. They really um, have more to them than even what we see on screen, but you can tell that they put into their performance um, their own backstories, where they came from. I'm very curious. Like, I don't think it would happen, but imagine if they made a sequel to this movie (laughs) and, like, Elizabeth goes to act, like, in another movie in some way like imagine if it was like the ty west x universe but instead it's just following natalie portman's character through like different types of her, like her next role and i mean i don't know or if she, it, she, she, she or she go let's just say she, let's, there's another true she, crime thing or but. she or natalie portman just is gracie in 1998 or, or or they show or the sequel is basically that independent that the last scene in the movie the last shot of the movie really yeah I that's mean, what good go sorry they could they could put like a <laughs> knives out approach where it's like every movie is essentially its own story and they could have like a new cast of characters. But that'd be a little weird given the fact that this is inspired by a true story. That that'd be like if they made like it's inspired I, by, but they never there there's never any like 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 this yeah. story where this film was inspired because you you know how they sometimes like the beginning <laughs> of the movie it'll say like based on a true story. They could do like many different historical like imagine if they did like an OJ Simpson. Oh God. Who what like, would no, would 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 uh, Natalie Portman play uh, play Nicole? Yeah, but she I mean, couldn't do she couldn't do the research. Well, Marsha Harding, like I mean, you could have like different different types of like or things. something inspired by OJ. Yeah, she could do the one. She could do that one uh, 
movie about she could do a movie about the one person who like went insane in space oh wait she did that one already oh she did. oh oh yeah that one nobody nobody saw that movie one where she wore diapers <laughs> wait what movie did she wear diaper or, or, or are you talking about uh what story um, i mean but I mean that Noah Halley's uh, movie is based off of that character, that person. So, or loosely based off of that person. I went to see Lucy in the Sky at a theater um, that was a bit far from me. It was the same when I saw The Abyss the other day. It, like I was really excited for that movie. <laughs> Wait, were, were you the only one there because it flopped? Yeah, yeah. It was only in theaters for a week, at, at least. Like Noah Halley, you know. Crashed and burn on that one. So, although when, he did get a second chance because he's doing an alien TV show and he's got uh, the, the new season of Fargo, which I heard is very good. Well, also, that's, that also Lucy in the Sky is technically a Disney movie. Yeah, Searchlight, baby. Yeah, definitely. So is Poor Things. Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, all this, all the sex and nudity and crazy shit is Disney. Who cares? Okay, so anyway, um, <laughs> your girl's getting that Disney check. Any anyway, anyway, May December, May December. It's um, I really like the movie. I do think Julianne Moore is very good in it. I think Natalie Portman's very good in it. I think it's really great. Um, I there's a lot to talk about. I mean, is there there is there any you, more to talk about it? Do you think all three are getting Oscar nominations? No, no. This year is too crowded. I, uh, I, you know, my favorite performance would be Julianne Moore, but I don't think she's getting nominated. I think that it's, I think Charles Melton has the, you know, the best. But I'd say maybe like below him would be Natalie Portman. So it's it is too crowded. Like I, I think Natalie's a not lock. We're recording this right now before the Golden Globes, so they are being announced tomorrow. Yeah, and Charles Melton has won a lot of early critic stuff, but then again, it's not. It, there hasn't been like a sweep. Yeah, it, it's this, not like last year, last year, or, or some years where even during the critic stuff, it's like yeah, the same people keep winning over and over and over and over again. Yeah, well, yeah, that's what that's the saddest part about doing this podcast tonight because everything could, everything we're saying could be completely irrelevant, you know. By tomorrow, well, Charles Mountain is getting nominated. That that thing's for sure. Anything else we don't know, but if they if they snub Charles Mountain, it'd be a crime. Ryan, you say that, but come tomorrow. I mean, I know um, the I know the cat. I know the Golden Globes like their stars and. Right, but it's Riverdale. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, I mean, he's not the biggest. Like I didn't know he was. On, I, I watched like half a season of Riverdale, and I didn't know he was on it. He, I, I just know him from Bad Boys for Life, and I'm like, <laughs> so from for him to go from that to this is like, you know, that's like God tier status to me. So. Um, but yeah, no, I really do like this movie a lot. I do kind of like how it explores the complexity and also the relationships between, you know, someone that young and then that old and how that, you know, hap still keeps going, you know, it, if it does and the strangeness, how it affects everyone. Yeah. Like, I feel like, like, I feel like Todd Haynes 
Cat and Sammy Birch, I think they caught it a really good window into it, and even more so, they did the best thing, which is show the crime without showing the crime, because so many there's a couple of instances where we see Natalie Portman, you know, acting almost like- acted out, and then you know, and even with Charles Melton's character, and ultimately we see the we were seeing the crime as it happened and in, in maybe in her way, but yeah. Also like at the beginning of the movie, you see all the tabloid, you see all the tabloid stories of the day of her doing the research. Right. Also, I think Kyle saw it, but did you see the clip I put posted in the, uh, in one of the chats where somebody were an audience member right before they, they showed the films asked Natalie Portman, how, how asked, like the people they're like how gay is this movie and Natalie Portman just wish was like it's very gay that's um I think that was for Thor Love and Thunder oh it was right because Tessa Thompson and Tycho were in that video <laughs> so oh, I, no, uh, my bad you can delete bringing up though one thing I'm very curious about so there's a scene in this movie where Natalie Portman is watching a it looks like some type of cheap lifetime movie made like the movie of the week that came out in the 90s when this case was still hot how do you think that movie factors into this story because is that i think this is supposed to be like 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 this is the real story that i'm going i'm going to do justice to this story and and give you all and give you all uh what like 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 maybe not like closure, but like like tell it how it really happened, and not do like the cheesy movie of the week. So do you guys kind of, so in a way it is kind of like Blonde, where Blonde was made as a TV movie, like you know, twenty years ago, and now it's you know the Oscar fair film, I guess you could say, but then it. <laughs> Bring up blonde. <laughs> so that's what I'm like thinking. So I guess the way that movie works is that's a movie that they have like absolutely no involvement with the actual story. And this movie here they're making because they want it's to like, right. They want no no this here's a better example. If if the original movie was like some type of Elvis film. And then this one is Baz Luhrmann's Elvis. Where well, John, John Carpenter did an Elvis TV movie with Kurt Russell back in the so, late 70s after he died. Okay, so it's that one. And then Baz Luhrmann makes Elvis and Austin Butler goes full method meeting the family of Elvis Presley, playing Elvis Presley. And that's, that's May, December. That's that's actually the best comparison because, yeah, of course there it's like and, of and course Priscilla it's a, would be like the bastard offspring. <laughs> yeah, and then Sophia Coppola's just like we're just gonna hire a bunch of actors to just you know do we're just gonna do we're just gonna do our own movie. That's gonna be so, December. Um, that's gr- May December two. <laughs> Someone. Oh. Someone that's like trying to play Charles Melton's character just shows up, you know, like, hey, I want to know like what it was like to be yeah. like thirteen, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. and like getting it on, you know, 
like what, what what was it like to be 13 and isolated from your family and friends you know and to be bang this one. hot teacher woman what was she a teacher no she was a pet store owner oh oh yeah yeah the, the other funny line is uh is when they, they go to the where natalie portman goes to the pet store and it's like can you show me where it happened yes and then she does some business in there i just or, love picture that scene but like in real life if she tries to do that and the store owner goes back and says, oh wait uh, uh, is everything okay and, oh no <laughs> what are you doing in my store it's quite defacing I'm, my store I'm recreating my moment from Black Swan <laughs> oh my god it, but yeah so it, and that's kind of like Interesting, like this and Saltburn, because Saltburn also has like I'm gonna just go crazy to be this person, you know, and you know, and here it's like you know I'm gonna go crazy to become this person, you know. So, I, 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 I it, it's interesting to see like how like everything is being split, you know, and how all these stories, you know, are being you know reviewed <laughs> and whatnot. Uh, so. <laughs> I was looking down because my phone got unplugged, and I and I look up at the screen and I see and I see like, what the hell did, did, did like this did like a, a woman woman that looks like plasticky join Kyle's walk into Kyle's shot? Kyle, tell your girlfriend to hold on, okay? Just tell her it's my maid done in an action figure of um Elizabeth. Uh, you you have an action? What, what's that from? Love and Thunder? Thor. Yeah, Thor the Dark World. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. So have we exhausted May December enough? Yes, we have. All right. Um, okay, so now let's get to, to now let's get to um the other masterpiece of in this show we're talking about. Godzilla minus one. Okay, since Ryan started first, Kyle, you go first. What do you think of Godzilla minus one? I have now seen Godzilla minus one two times. I watched it twice a week. Um, I could not get enough of this film. I watched it on Screen X both times. I I truly believe it is my favorite film of the year so far. I think that it features. An incredible cast, um, and truly captures the spirit of Godzilla, the spirit of what these movies mean, and and in Japan, I, and Japan. because because I, it, the Japanese Godzilla movies feel very different from yeah. the American but, versions. Like at the same time, I feel like this is the type of movie that Gareth Edwards wanted to make, but he couldn't and i think that this movie is exactly the movie i want to see back in 2014 when his film came out because i was very much looking forward to that movie um i had I not still, i still kind of like it but but As, looking back it's but the thing is is like i well, also not, this movie not, doesn't have not 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 to go into anything but this movie doesn't have any of his "Quote unquote friends and or adversaries. This is just Godzilla. Yeah, and the thing is, is like I, 
like Godzilla 2014 was going to be the first Godzilla movie that I would see in theaters. And I was so excited. The cast. Bastard. Oh, and then, boom, I see it. And I think the film drops off once Brian Cranston's no longer in the movie. And I think that this movie, the way I see it, it's like if Brian Cranston and Juliette Binoche's characters from that 2014 movie were the main characters of this movie. And then what would happen if Christopher Nolan directed a Godzilla movie, adding Dunkirk, adding, um, well, some of Spielbergness to it. Some, part of this movie feels like every Spielberg movie ever or made. Like, 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 like the, the, the like the it's last very Jaws. The fifth last twenty five minutes is like very Jaws. Also, when I saw it, because my theater d- either didn't do trailers or only had like three trailers, I missed the first five ish minutes, maybe, or missed the fir- first little bit of it. I came in. Godzilla was already attacked. Was was already full on attacking people and eating people and stopping people. What did I miss? Okay. Did I miss any setup? Yes, you did. So you missed so they're they're in the reason why the pilot is there in the first place is because he's a kamikaze pilot. So and that means is that he does no injector seat. He is no when he's in battle, he's going to die, basically. Um, unless there's like something mechanically wrong with his plane. Like the gun jams or something, to where it's not as an effective like weapon. Uh, so he pretends that something's wrong with his you know plane, and then lands in like a airfield, and they find nothing wrong, and they're and I guess his fate is kind of being decided if he's going to be like dishonorably, you know, discharged, discharged, yeah. or just like, you know, he. He's gonna be dishonored, like you know, for fleeing battle. So that's how, and then of course, you know, Godzilla attacks like that night. So, or a junior version of Godzilla. Yeah, yeah. This for well, no, no. In the Toho movies, Godzilla was was never like super tall, like the MonsterVerse Godzillas. No. Yeah, yeah. No, the, but this is like a baby version because it's still like the. Godzilla we see at the beginning of the movie is still like not tall enough to even reach the height of the buildings that we see in you know Ginza or uh, whatever that the, the middle section. Yes. So if, if, if it if it's supposed to be like 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 a metaphor for like 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 this is what the nuclear war yeah. or it's what the what the atomic bomb created. It could, <laughs> it could be like like Oppenheimer was its daddy. In between the first appearance of him in the film and then the second appearance of him in the film, there is that um, test that is done, which is the bikini atoll test um, done, and that that basically I think um, makes him I think more powerful, but also it brings him back to um, Japan and. I think that was really interesting. I think the with Ryan, the part that you came in with the um, attack. What's so cool about that scene is it's something that we've really never seen Godzilla do. He's like eating people. Yeah, he's eating people. He's stomping on people. Because usually these movies try to avoid that because they don't they they think eating people might be PG or might, might go a little far into like 
Godzilla, yeah. the Godzilla design isn't meant for him to like bend down, eat people on the ground, like or really do that. Like it's it's really interesting to see how they use this Godzilla because he's at the beginning he's like a dinosaur. It's like a Jurassic Park. It's um you know like this is the type of movie that I think I could see a Spielberg directing where you see him essentially um growing up. A coming of age story. Yeah, but this entire is destroyed. All these men are killed. And it's really exciting to watch because you're not talking about a Godzilla what we're used to seeing. Usually we see the Godzilla um, you know, walking around and destroying cities and all that with his breath or 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 or, or in most of these or in like the American or the monsterverse movies, anyways. He's always fighting somebody. He or, or he he always has his he's like his guy Mothra, uh, the, the, those little Mudo creatures in in yeah. 2014 or mm-hmm. King Kong. And that's what doesn't quite make sense because like the first Godzilla movie, it's like um, they they try to hide him and then they try to make it where it's like. He's now the hero of that movie, right? Because you have the Mudo alien, like the mute, the Mudo are here now. They are the ones that are the villains, and he's the hero. But here, like this Godzilla is very much um, like it's the, almost the original Gojira film, because that film he was also, you know, he didn't fight anybody in that film, and but he caused of, mass destruction, and he causes. Um, the destruction. He's like the villain. He's the, but he's not really a villain because at the end of the day, he's just a form of nature. You know, he's just some, you know, creature running around. Where um, the villains at the end of the day, if you want to say, are is the human race because we're the ones responsible for, you know, the American. This could be considered. I don't know. This this isn't like it's. A, overtly anti-american but it kind of does show that like 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 we're the ones that were responsible for it because this is takes place at the end of world war ii in like the early 50s and we're the ones you know us the u.s and the soviets were the ones tying up the japanese military because they can't act like as a country they can't protect themselves it is ironic that godzilla now passed oppenheimer as the most well-reviewed, I think, film on IMDb this year, and and and, uh, and I mentioned too, it's like like the son overthrows the father. Yeah, yeah, that's like the crazy thing about this year is that you know, and, and of course, I mean, Godzilla is kind of in a perfect spot this to open here in the U.S. because there's not really a lot happening. I mean, there's lots of movies coming out, yeah, but there's nothing. But because it has the best word of mouth. People are willing to go out and see a movie. Well, it's, like, it's like, like, hey, I recognize, I know the name Godzilla, and then I think there's also the hype that that hey, this isn't a monsterverse movie, that, or that that this isn't the Americans version. Version. This is just a standalone. You just you know what Godzilla is. He comes in, smashy, smashy, smash. There's a great story. Um, yeah, yeah. This contained. is. The, yeah, this is one where you actually care about the characters, and that there's not—it's not the, the, 
all right, we're we're bored already. Get to the where's the monster at? This is what's really funny about this movie is the fact that I think it flew under a lot of people's radar. It wasn't a movie that, you know, when we were talking about the most anticipated films of the year, we never like I personally because I don't really follow up on, um, you know, what they're doing with the Godzilla movies in Japan. They also haven't had a Godzilla movie in Japan in seven years. So it's it was a bit of a surprise when this came out and they released the trailer this year and we're like, Ooh, they have a Godzilla movie. And then it's this good. And then now we have this blockbuster film that literally came out of nowhere that has one of the most infamous IPs. And it's like at a perfect spot. Like there isn't, and Toho had faith in it that the Americans would actually show up to it, and it's not of the well, well, this is the end of, or this is like the week after Thanksgiving. We're going to dump. I think Toho had the idea because they were going to have like this be a one week thing. Toho had the idea of, well, if the Americans want to see Godzilla smash people for two hours, that week after Thanksgiving, and then. Or it'll be this niche thing where it only makes two million dollars, where twenty people go see right. it, and they—I don't think they expected this many people showing up. Well, I mean, and we're also—we're kind of well. We're and I've been thinking about this today. I think the reason why so many, like Marvel's failing and DC's failing, and Disney. so many Disney—well, I mean Disney in general—but I mean, you know. Well, yeah, even the Fox Fast X, you know, Mission Impossible. I think the reason why a lot of movies are underperforming is because there's so much homework to be done, you know, yeah. out of an audience, and that when and the, I mean, this is just always going to be the problem when you have so many entries and so much stuff happening, you know, and no, there's not any like self-contained stories. Whereas like, this, I, it's like. I know what Godzilla is. I know what you know he can do. Um, it is a great story. Is it self-contained? Is it just one story? I don't have to watch, you know, Shin Godzilla. I don't have to watch, you know. Yeah, this isn't. Uh, this is not like a sequel. To I don't Shin have Godzilla. to watch. I don't have to watch seventy years of Godzilla to get it. <laughs> great, perfect. I can just sit in here for two hours and just like have a good self-contained story. Yeah, this like, isn't. This isn't like like. Oh yeah. Uh, like like I think when when Godzilla versus V Kong two comes out, whatever that comes, I don't know when that's supposed to come out. When that's supposed to come out, like uh, April, April, a April. I assume there will be some in the IP or in like 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 yes, you do kind of have to see 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 the first Godzilla versus Kong because it shows what happened and this or that this is a direct sequel to it. It's or that Apple or that Apple TV show because there's like isn't there like a yeah Monarch is playing on Apple TV right now. It's gonna be real interesting to see how Godzilla um, X Kong, the New Empire performs because we're talking about a movie that's equal to a film released during the height of the pandemic. And that was and I believe Godzilla versus Kong was kind of the movie that showed. Hey, people! Hey, people are willing to to risk getting sick to go see a movie. Yeah, because that was the first. That was like the first big, big money maker. Well, and people forgot. I mean, Godzilla versus Kong was, was less like than two 20, hours. That was early. Then, 
he won, right? Well, not just that. It's like it's less than two hours. And that point, it was like the less time you're in a movie theater, the less likely you're going to get COVID anyway, with or without a shot or with mask or whatever. You know, so I think people were like, we want to see like a big movie, you know, on a big screen or, or some people. Is, did. I, this, just, I don't. This is I don't going to be the movie that brings us back to the movies. You mean Godzilla? Yeah. 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 Godzilla versus Kong. Uh, also, uh, I believe this is the first Godzilla or uh, uh, talking about minus one. This is the first Godzilla, Japanese Godzilla movie where where Godzilla is siege is like all CGI. And yeah. yet, or it's not because I believe Shin Godzilla was a guy in a suit. Yeah, it was like that. A, yes, and like miniatures, and it was supposed to be an old school Godzilla movie. Basically, they're fuck you to our movie. Talk about you know jealous much? I mean, uh, anyway, uh, I'm not so, a big Shin Godzilla fan. I thought it's 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 overtly complicated because you. It's like the political. What, what would the politicians? Shin Godzilla is basically like what would the how would the politicians react to Godzilla? I I call Shin Godzilla the Aaron Sorkin of Godzilla. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure someone in Japan just felt very insulted. <laughs> um. Any so, but but right. So, and to me. <clears throat> Excuse me. And to me, go going into this movie, I really did kind of like uh, Shishima's story, mm -hmm. uh, you know. And I really liked this kind of like the camaraderie he builds, especially when Doctor Noda or Mister Noda shows up, you know, in, in any scene. That actor is so good, like playing that character. Uh, it, it's so like he's just so you know fun and that you know. And quirky but also like you he's like our he's like our, our our hooper he's like our hooper from jaws like he's very much like the guy who explains everything like his, you know big speech at the end to rally the troops it it really feels like the movie taps into some of like the original you know hollywood classics like war classics and that type of you know film where a uh, massive event happens and the troops all have to gather together and they get this big rousing speech at the end and um like 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 the big uh, uh we will not cancel the apocalypse yeah in uh, in, uh, uh pacific but it's more powerful than that it's more like it's more humble than that because it's they're it's they're not fighting to die they're not fighting a hopeless cause it, they're fighting to live. They're fighting for the future of Japan, you know. And there's just something so humbling and so, and also very Return of the King like, um, to, to to you know have a you know someone who's just like we have to fight for the future, fight for humanity, fight for love, fight for you know, you know it's you know I mean you can even go back to like the Last Jedi. It's like you know we're fighting to save what we have what we what we love not you know what we hate so it like i i, I just kind of like love all these like messages and morals throughout the whole movie and and even more so i really do like shishima's story of how he has this like found family and you know it 
and you know how that found and how he you know is still like fighting his own like war you know in his head like i, I really do like you know and, and and i can understand to some americans that you know some of them, like the way that character is portrayed it's can be seen as like over overwrought but i don't know i just felt like for shishima's like story so much i felt you know from so because he is this because he he's a human being like his cowardness isn't like out of like you know maliciousness it's out of yeah. just being human like he just doesn't want he didn't want to die he's afraid of the thing and it's also a commentary on like those kamikaze pilots back in that time period i think what really set this movie apart from um you know some of the other godzilla films is the fact that it's told from this Japanese perspective of their own history and what they, you know, kind of wish they could have done better, what they did wrong. And like, I, I just love that scene where Shikshima, um, you know, returns home. He sees his entire, his entire like um, neighborhood just destroyed. And then you see, his neighbor come out and she's just lost her three children and she's looking at him because of people like you that they're dead. And it's like, Oh my God. And you can even draw parallels to, you know, what's going on in the middle East right now and how, you know, we still are um, seeing these wars in these countries that are being torn apart. And um, like, it's really fascinating how this film came out at a time where I think, you know, we need a movie like this to be released to kind of show us the... The horrors, the, the, or like the aftermath of the war. Yeah, exactly. Also, this the, the, the main actor is, is, is pretty big in Japan. That uh, He was in the... Uh, uh, I can't... The, the Roni uh, Kenshin movies. Oh, but, yeah. Oh wow. He, he was Seta. I th I saw the first one. I wonder. Oh wow. There there are I think four or five of them that came out in that that are I think on like like various VOD systems, and then there's two that Netflix made, and I believe he is in the what what's called the final. Mm, that's cool. Um, I wish he could get a nomination for this film because I think that. He's great, but he really is. I mean, and he and he's doing a lot of different things here, you know. And he's but he's doing it so well. Like he's complaining this, you know, the melodrama of it so well. And and I do love like all of his supporting actors. Like everyone's really good. Um, I, and also, I mean, you have like this. And also, like, there's a lot of great sequences, too. Like, I mean, the attack on, you know, is it, sorry, sorry if I mispronounce, is it Jinza or Ginzu? Ginza. Okay, S excuse me. The attack on that is so powerful, and it's so, I mean, when he yeah. elicits his atomic breath on it, and... Yeah, that, I was going to say, like, that's, that's actually one of the rare times when the atomic breath actually comes off as scary. Yeah. Well, it's just so powerful. Like you just see this thing, it blows everything away, and then ricochets everything back. You know, toward because the force is so strong. 
I think for me in that sequence, it's when the newscasters are like on the roof. On the roof. This is something that you would see from like the original Godzilla. You would see something like this, but but you so saw that in the American in the American dub, yeah. where, where you had the Raymond Burr character that was kind of inserted, and he yeah. first... exactly. But like, what's so haunting about this scene is when the building collapses, and you just see them falling and falling, and you like you don't see them die, but it's just such a chilling sequence. Um, and like you just really see what he um, can do to that entire city. And what also, in my eyes, works really well is this is all in the daytime. Yeah, you can right. Yeah, well, the open, the opens at nighttime. The other, um, yeah, the other, the other big scenes are during the daytime. Like in on Godzilla 2014, it was a film that they utilized more of the night. And um, everybody and everybody complained. They were like, I can't see shit. And if you have a shitty TV, you can't see shit. <laughs> and like here, I think it's even more chilling in the daytime because in the daytime, that's where we feel the safest. You know, we don't um, like we feel safest and protected in the day when it comes to Godzilla coming in. And like, I, I mean, this is, sounds like a crazy reach, but like 9-11 didn't happen at night. It happened in yeah. daylight. And the fact that we're watching this movie and we see an attack like we see in um, Ginza, like that is, man, that's so well done. And can I say, like, the score for this film is incredible. How it utilizes themes from the other Godzilla movies, but at and the, the original and the when when the original theme pops up, I, I I lost my shit. So so good. And also, it's a re-record because it or 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 they they they, they use well, like like if like a Star or or like the Mission Impossible how they read how whoever the compared the newest composer is who'll always do a new version of it. This is like that because I believe Shin Godzilla did uh, just use the old score at the at like the end credits. Yeah. And I mean, there's one of the themes here is from not even I think the original Godzilla, but King Kong versus Godzilla. So um, that that's an interesting idea that they're utilizing themes from different Godzilla movies rather than just one specific one. And I think what really works is the fact that it also has its own score to it because its own score I think is marvelous. It really like it. Sinks its flaws into you. You feel the um, just like the uneasiness of the main character and what he's going through. His pizza. I mean, when he's walking through his old neighborhood and it's just destroyed, and it's you just hear this like very like one note melancholic, you know, score. It reminded me of the Dunkirk score. It reminded me of the Dunkirk score. And this um, movie's very inspired by Dunkirk. Yeah. Dunkirk. Mm-hmm. So, it's it's really something. Can we talk about Noriko? Because I really thought um, the whole family aspect of this movie was touching, and I thought it was unexpected. I didn't really think that this would be a part of the film. I thought it would just be focused on him as like a you know soldier that just came back home. But yeah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The scene after he does the atomic breath and and. And you see her running, and it's like, oh no! You you don't want like the thing about you, Godzilla, you actually care. It's like it's like you, it's like oh no, I don't want her to die. The thing about 
Godzilla, a lot of people have criticized saying that, oh, well, um, why are they using all these human characters and focusing on the human characters? There's never been about them. focusing on human characters. In fact, you need to focus on the human characters because Godzilla can't speak. Godzilla isn't a, you know... Um, Godzilla is a device. He's a, he's a catalyst. And the human characters, the reason why people have had so much issue with especially the American movies, is the fact that the human characters were written terribly and not have interesting characters. Like, I don't care about Millie Bobby Brown. I don't care about... <laughs> I know. Uh, no, go ahead. I mean, I like Godzilla too, but that's... But that's just me but i i will i also, stand my, my, by your like, criticism like, yeah yeah like my 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 introduction to the whole godzilla thing was either one of the showa era japanese movies that were that played on tv all the time in like the 90s or the i saw the 98 movie at theaters and <laughs> with matthew broderick do you care about matthew broderick and absolutely not <laughs> <laughs> you don't care about Patrick to Topless to to Titless to Titless to the Top Topless. You care about Roger Ebert, <laughs> Mayor Ebert, Mayor Ebert. Uh, I I did find that. I, I, I... <laughs> well, also there's the whole uh, bit in that movie where I remember the like. Do you remember the original trailer? Where, 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 like the original teaser trailer they released in like '97, I think before Titanic. Where no, before Jurassic Park, uh, Jurassic World or Lost World. Uh, no, 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 Lost World. Where there's a where you we see see this class of class of kids looking at a big Tyrannosaurus Rex skeleton, and then all of a sudden you just see the foot stop. It's like summer '99, summer 1998. <laughs> yeah. It was a big move, and then they and then they insult Gene, and then they try to paradise, but they just end up insulting uh, Ebert and Siskel while Siskel is in the hospital recovering from brain surgery because he has cancer. You know, yeah, which great look, really... yeah, great, great look, Roland Emmerich. Thank you. Um, and also, and also, I like the two that uh, that Roger Ebert in his review basically said said. Uh, Said, uh, and we're kind of characters in this in, in, in this movie, but but if if I'm gonna, I I was disappointed that we don't get killed. If I'm gonna, if I had to sit through a two and a half hour dumb big monster movie, I and and I am in the movie, and I am kind of sort of in the movie. I want I want to I want to see me get squished by Godzilla. That would have I would have I would have given it an extra star. Yeah, that's that was also Jane's point too. Like we're in this movie, but they don't even do anything with us. We just start hitting. Yeah, anyway, yeah, we don't die. Well, also you have two Simpsons actors in that movie, and they also kind of do do their voices at one time. Like you kind of hear Mo. Three, actually, three. Who was the third? Harry Shearer, Hank Azaria, and then um, the person who plays Bart or Bert. Uh, 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 Nancy Cartwright. Yeah, she's in the movie. Oh my god. Yeah, it was. It's a bizarre move, and then you have like Gene Reno from the fucking Leon the Professional just showing up, doing like Elvis impersonations and shit. It's a. I mean like, that was that was the first exposure I really had to Godzilla as a kid because I watched that film on DVD and 
Um, it it was it was a movie, you know. It wasn't anything that was. You didn't have exposure to like the Japanese movies or like like the dub versions that they played on TV all the time. I'm learning so much about Kyle's parents every day. It's I, fascinating. Hey, I want to say that my parents did show me the like one dub version, and I thought it was so bad. That I, I like I swore off Godzilla for many years, and then I got back into it with um the monsters. But like I love Godzilla. Like I had a um, one of my first toys I got as a kid that I remember was like a Godzilla bendable toy and then i got some bobbleheads and um like i i really want to want some of the merchandise from this minus one film because it's in japan and that stuff ain't cheap so the the boy the heron stuff is is relatively not not like overtly expensive yeah well yeah, I would. Here's what I'll say, Kyle, about your dubbed versions. Um, any and live me. action, what? And me. That's the, the the for for many years. The only real way to see Japanese or like 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 these monster movies in Japan and a lot of the kung fu movies from from Hong Kong and like the Jackie Chan movies and the Jet Li movies, you had to suffer through some pretty awful dubs. Yeah, that's what I will always say is, you know, it, it to me, even now, I don't even like live action dubs for any international movie. Like, I just want to see like a movie. So like, just give me the subtitles. I'll, I'll, I can read. What about I like a to... film? Like, would you watch the um, Boy in the Heron dub? Um, For animated films, yes, because it's a little easier. Yeah, to like sync it up better than to just have some random actor. And also, live action dubs always have like the most cartoonish voices. Like I remember watching The Raid too, yeah. and <laughs> that had an English dub. Um, yeah, like, on the uh, yeah on the Blu-ray, the, the English dub is the default track. So yeah, you and have I didn't to, you know have that. To, yeah, you have to click the button to, to go to the Indonesian. My name is John Smith. Yeah, it's stuff like that where you're just like it's so cartoonish, like it's so it's like they got their own and it's like, stiff and it's very stiff. Yeah, you don't and get and, and, and they kind of like bad Asian accents. It's like it's like you have like this uh like this white guy try, trying to talk like this very fast. Well, it's not even that. It's like it's overwrought. Like it's so like cliche. Like even like like I mean, the guy that's voicing like the mobster in the Raid Two sounds like a stereotypical mobster. <laughs> so it's just like dumb, sh- and you're just like, no. This is a- did you watch this the entire? Is- did you watch the entire movie dubbed? I thought that's all I had to work with. <laughs> so I'm just that's, like watching all two and a half hours of this like action movie, and I'm like. What the fuck am I watching? You know, like, I watched a version of Shin Godzilla. Um, because like the one that's on, I think what's it? Um, Crunchyroll. It's like the it's the dub or something. So yeah. then I try to search online for the the sub version. And has that have any of you watched the subtitled version of Shin Godzilla? I saw it in theaters. No, it's on the Blu-ray. Oh it, my it, god. It, it, it like like Funimation released it on Blu-ray, 
and in theaters every every character it, that that is that you see got a subtitle or it's, got a subtitle introduction it's it, and, and 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 it's it's hard to keep track because like it's like somebody will be talking really fast and the subtitles are up top of what they're saying and on the bottom of the screen it'll be like like uh like uh like 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 shin of weapons manufacturing and china like that that is what it would say on the bottom and then it would say their name or, or like, like 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 this is the assistant to the assistant of the president <laughs> and their name and their job title and like everybody and anybody that talks if they talk they got a subtitle it's it's a lot. Thankfully, they don't do that in this movie. It's like you have to ignore that text because you have to focus on the actual, you know, subtitles. Thank God Minus One did not go there. It's very easy to, you know, understand. Very easy to read. Um, and so you, much of the movie is done through show, yeah. don't tell. Like, so much of it is you just see the visuals. You see the imagery. Like yes, there's a lot of acting, there's a lot of dialogue in the movie, but it's very it's a very simple story. Yeah. Exactly. You, know, you, you don't have six thousand politicians and you have to know every their job title, who they who they are, who they're banging. But but the, the thing that but I will say this about Godzilla Minus One is it does go into the politics. It does go um into the politics of you know, like as J Japan was like transitioning from imperialist era to a new era of Japan, so and it and it goes into like this you know era where you know the Japanese like no one can really help the Japanese army that's very defeated, yeah, and disarmed be to because they're we're in the middle now in the middle of the Cold War, mm -hmm. so it's like it's 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 everything like it's it is the most like if we're gonna do another movie after oppenheimer like to watch this is the perfect movie because you get to see the aftermath of like all of oppenheimer of all of the politics that led you know after world war ii yeah and i think what also helps with that is the fact that once again it is told through the japanese perspective like that is something that i know like Oppenheimer had a lot of critics um, that were like they should have shown the Japanese perspective. I personally disagree, but like I can I understand. Disagree too. Yeah, I can understand where those criticisms are coming from, and I think that what makes Godzilla minus one feel so authentic is the fact that it is made by Japan, and I also like the idea that Godzilla minus one it's coming on the seventieth anniversary of the original Godzilla and in a way it's 69 because it I believe the first one was 54 well no well, it's, it's least in Japan first in 1953 so ah. it did come out on this 70th anniversary and it feels like a pseudo remake of that film of course the characters are different and the you know story is somewhat different but it does feel like if you were to remake Godzilla today, this is what it would be. And I love that because it's not, it's not like saying, Hey, we are just going to make the same movie. We are now coming up with a new perspective with a new protagonist. And 
we're kind of going back to what made Godzilla the character. We're, we're taking it back to its roots. Exactly. With, that's with, with improved effects, and it's not a uh, and it's not a guy in a suit. It's like Japan is saying, like, we really we, care we, about... We'll, we'll show you how this is done. We'll show yeah. you dumb Americans how this is done. Yeah, exactly. And I think that it's... It, it, the box office, the audience reception, it's just showing how um, much of a success it is. And I think we are most certainly going to get a sequel because the way this movie ends, it is like... Yeah, it's like like they defeat the monster. Well, I don't know, Kayla, you want to say your spoiler warning? Or do you think we're already... Um, going spoilers for the third act mm-hmm. now. Yeah, uh, so, they think they kill Godzilla, and then at the very end, uh, you kind of hear the you kind of hear the noise coming up and bubbles. And it's like I, he, I was like, I'm not dead. Well, well then also, oh, go ahead, Kyle. Well, I probably what Kelly you were gonna say is the fact that there's also I think the even more important aspect of it because when it comes to Godzilla, you know, he's never dead. He'll come back just like Michael Myers, just like the Predator. Or- terminators you know like all these characters but what's fascinating about this ending is that when noriko is still alive somehow a miracle i do think some of this film is like the themes are miracles themselves like it's a miracle that he was one of the only soldiers that survived this attack it's a miracle he's still alive and it's a miracle that she is and it's a miracle that she's alive because she tells him you need to live. And when he thinks that everything in his life is gone, the miracle is still awaiting him if he still lives. And um, the fact that she's alive is a big deal. But then you realize like when she goes to like um, embrace him, you see on her neck there's like something growing. Like a virus. She has radiation poisoning. So is that what you think it is? Well, that's what... So when I saw this movie the second time, um, someone pointed out in the audience that, oh, she has radiation poisoning. Like, that's a symptom of radiation sickness. So their miracle of them reuniting, you know, is going to happen, but it's going to be short-lived, yes. So she's not going to... So. She might be in the sequel, what? but don't be surprised if she doesn't let, make it to the to the end of part two or minus Kyle, two. What was your question? She's not turning into another Godzilla. <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, no, no, Kyle, no, no, no. I think this be, is that would be kind of crazy. Um, I mean, I wouldn't put it past them, but I, I, I think the it's Japanese care. With... The Japanese <laughs> take it more seriously than the Americans because in in. Godzilla X Kong, we see both them running with each other. It's like he opens the door and then ah, and she attacks him. Like, <laughs> I mean, it could be a, a fun scene. I was, I, I've seen because apparently they wrote a novelization of this movie and in Japan. And um, at the end of that book, there are clues to what it is. I think it is. Um, probably most likely radiation poisoning which is interesting because if they make the second film i think they could really go deep into it. i think that they will get married and i think they'll have their family together but then she will 
she will like pass on either pass on and you know then he gets mad at godzilla or godzilla comes back (laughs) and and then then like he has to save because i i really hope with the sequel they build on more of the relationship between him and his daughter because there's that interesting scene where like his crew um, do you think do you think a sequel would be would focus on the same characters or do you think it would or do you think it'll be oh, Godzilla strikes strikes again 20 years later and we get this new set of characters characters because I think that we will see what happens to her with this radiation poisoning but then I think we'll see more of him and the daughter because there's that one line where he says to her I am not your father and I think that I'd like to see more of that expanded upon in the second film where now he is like embracing that father and maybe like, I mean, I don't know how long it will take place after the first film. It'd be interesting if it takes place like five years, six years later and the girl is even older. So, cause like right now it's a little bit hard for him to have a conversation with her when, you know, she's that young, but if like they age her up a bit more, then it can be a more, um, you know, um, interesting conversation. So I'm, that's where I think the story's headed. Of course, Godzilla's coming. Who knows? Maybe he will fight someone else, but, do you, th- um, do you think they were, do you think they were good? Since they have a lot of, a lot of like other monsters, they can, they can, bring out if they want to or have Godzilla fight face face off against some of his enemies also can we talk to about the budget that apparently this movie only costs 15 million dollars I think this, I think I think some I, of the, the director even said like like when when it was brought up it's like I wish it cost that much <laughs> here's the asterisk I always put to that is you know, a we don't know how much how their Hollywood system works in or their Hollywood system works in Japan. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, they so probably worked them 20, 20 hours in a twenty four hour day at no with no money. It could be just like that, or they could have like really good tax incentives there for their Japanese. Like they literally could probably it could be at best. To- Japan just basically paid a full whole movie to Toho. Or, yeah, they just, like, paid a bunch of, uh, you know, workers, you know. Nothing. Like, wage. Yeah, nothing. Well, it's like, the workers, the VFX workers are treated horribly. Like, they don't get, you know, paid um, as much as they should. And I think for how much you know, it costs. And I, I think that there's, you know, of course, like, the Japanese... Um, like budgets are different than here like this is still in japanese standards this is still a really expensive movie and it's not like where we're spending over two dollars on these films that's kind of like the equivalent of what was spent on minus one in japan um, yeah minus one the the I, I just looked it up uh shin godzilla costs one billion wong which it looks like uh, this uh, this movie costs two point two billion won, so I believe so it probably was like five or six million dollars is how much uh, Shin costs to make. Yeah, it's yeah, and I mean, I think I'm very curious because 
this is like their biggest film ever. Like we're talking about. What the hell? Well, in terms of like a Godzilla movie they made because like no other Godzilla film. Um, or at least in the U.S. Well, that, I mean, I don't know how Final Wars did, but like Shin Godzilla did nowhere near as well as this movie. Well, Shin Godzilla had a very. I, I believe I believe Shin Godzilla's release over here was via like Fathom, where yeah. they where they only released it like like at one yeah. time. It was very limited, but it was also like I think with this one, it, there's like a specialty to this. It's 70th anniversary. We're craving Godzilla right now. Um, we have a movie that's really really good. And not, you know, <laughs> about all these politicians and um, thousands of, you know, titles, um, text screens being shown on the screen. Even though I do enjoy Shin Godzilla, but, like, this movie, I think, is a superior film to Shin Godzilla. And we do have them going back to the roots, them really reintroducing the Japanese Godzilla to the American audiences and international audiences. It's not just America. I believe that's really enjoying this film. And I think like part of me also thinks is right now we're starting to see more of the general audience embracing international films because yes. like, this, know, like, this week, uh, boy in the Heron made $12.8 million and it's the highest grossing original anime in, in Japan. Or in, in in the U.S. open and Shin Godzilla's open, what well, or not Shin? Uh, Godzilla minus one. It was the highest open for a live action American release in twenty yeah. years since Hero. And we, I mean, we see RRR doing really well. Yeah, Parasite do really well. So um, we're really seeing you know films that aren't just from here taking off and. I think that's a great thing to see because it um, it shows that despite, you know, the lack of audience attendance in movie theaters this year, for instance, we still have them interested in a movie like this. And um, yeah, and I, I think that's a that's a really good thing. So it's a good I'm, sign. I'm excited to see where this franchise goes because, you know, it's like I, I never imagined, you know, I'm now excited to see the next Japanese Godzilla film they make, which because of like this contract and rights dispute they had with Legendary, Toho was like unable to make Godzilla movies for the last like seven years. So... Now I believe I, I I saw something where I believe like like a Toho movie cannot come out the same year as a legendary movie. Yeah. And that like hurt them too because of like the pandemic because Godzilla vs. Kong was originally supposed to come out in 2020, but then it got delayed to 2021. So that meant that, you know, they couldn't do it both of those years. So mm -hmm. oh boy. It's gonna be good. I think we're gonna get. I think we'll get a. I think we're gonna get the Dark Knight of Godzilla sequels when Godzilla minus one, two, part two, or Godzilla minus two. 
Let's call it that. Let's call it Godzilla minus two. Even though we have no idea like what the subtitle means. Like, whatever. So, yeah. No, I'm all for it. I, it's just to me, it's like the reason why I think Barbie and Oppenheimer and now, not to say that Godzilla minus one is reaching like billion dollar success here, mm-hmm. but I'm, the reason why people are responding to this movie and other successes this year is that it's a one-off. Yeah. And I do wonder if they do a sequel to this, um, will it have the same effect or, you know, or will it deteriorate? So, cause, and also, um, Adam Wingard, you have your work cut out for you. Um, yeah, try good luck, buddy. Kale, you could say the same about like a Barbie sequel because I don't think a Barbie, I think, a, I think a, what we're describing is more likely to happen than we'll get Ken. I just don't think. I mean, at least not with the uh, the crew that made uh, the Barbie movie. I just don't think we're getting because I think everyone was so like, we did the one movie, we're good, you know, we're moving on. Yeah, it, just, yeah. Wikipedia doesn't say anything about uh, like 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 if like if the what minus one is supposed to represent or supposed to mean. Right. Okay. So, um, one more thing before we go, or before we wrap this Godzilla discussion up, we have to talk about the third act. We have to talk about, like, Mm. Tashima, you know, how everything, to me, like, everything has been, like, an act of fate. Like, you know, the him teaming up with the the fighter, the jet that he, you know, flew in on the opening. Everything kind of, you know, falling into place. Him getting, you know, uh, Tashibana, Tashibana, your, your uh, Japanese is better than mine. I'm not even going to go there. I'm doing, I'm doing the best I can. I'm, I apologize uh, to Shibana, you know, and you know, and then Tashbana having this arc of like realizing, you know, he needs to live. He needs to kind of oh. let this go, you know, all that stuff. And then, you know, everything like how they try to, you know, bring him down, bring him up. It's very well done. <laughs> You know, and when, and of course, we have our Dunkirk moment where it's like home, and you just see like ships <laughs> just fly. You know, and that, um, Noda says, um, like when they're walking, um, you know, at the, right before the battles, but right before the final like battle happens, and I forgot his name, but the young, you know, young, um, the kid. And he's he's like, I, let me join you. Let me help you. And they said, um, oh, boy, I, I can't do the line justice. I can't remember. But it was like something like, um, we need you to. We need you to stay back. We need, we you, need to, you. We we need you to be for, here for the future. Yeah, yeah. For the future. And it's like, oh, man, that line like really got to me when I see it. And then like it does, you know, eventually come and help them. But it's like, man, you can just. You can see, like, oh wow, like even though they're like, we're not gonna die today, it's like now, nah, like they don't want to risk it. We don't want you to go with us, and it's also trying to show you, like, you don't have to go to war. You know, like war is not as cool as you think it is, and um, then don't believe in the propaganda. I love how that ending happens because, like, y- you. 
I honestly thought they were all going to die when Godzilla came out of that water and he's like atomic breath. And then sure enough, boom, they're saved. And it's a miracle that like no one dies in this movie, but oh, people die. People get eaten. People get stopped. Yeah. That you got thousands of people that probably died from the nuclear breath. None of the main oh, characters we care oh, yeah. about. Yeah. Think, yeah. No, Kyle's been like, yeah, the characters. No. <laughs> but no, oh. and it's a good decision. And it's a good decision because this movie is. I don't think it's mean enough to do that anyway. So I think it's a good decision to keep everyone alive. And also, it's. Shishima's moment. It's his moment to finally collide in faith and become the Kamikaze pilot. And, you know, and even though he's still given the ejector seat, he still finishes the mission. He still finishes the mission to, you know, to use the plane to blow up, you know, Godzilla. And what's even great, and this is the reason why I said in the group chat, this is kind of like Return of the King. Because Godzilla, he kind of dissipates like the eye of Sauron. (laughs) Like he, at the end of the movie, he just dissipates, you know, like, and then everyone kind of has this like, you know, you know, celebratory, you know, like they all are cheering and, you know, as, you know, the, as our characters from the Lord of the Rings at the Return of the King, they're all like, I love how you know so ripped out of the Dark Knight Rises because it's it's like here's your ejector seat and like you think I was like concerned I actually thought he might have died like the movie got me to the point where I was I wasn't like yeah same here I wasn't like you know ah he's not dead I legitimately thought he died when he went right into that you know mouth and the explosion happens and Nope, he's alive, and it's like, this is the ejection. And I'm like, all right. And My audience cheered. I got a bit of a chill when I saw him. Like, he has the... Because, like, I don't believe he... Wait, did he have the picture of him and the... Like, the daughter that drew the picture? Did he have that in the cockpit? No, he just had the picture of... Norcrio. Norcrio. So, I, I wonder... Maybe either he had that picture in his pocket or he gave it to Tashibana to um safekeeping just to keep because he knew that like kind of like if you think about it, what happened in the beginning when Tashibana gives him the pictures of all the men and their families, it's like this is him giving his daughter um like th- this is this is my family here and you can give this picture to others. So I was wondering if it was that because then he has the picture of Noriko that was taken because he, it's such a, like, it gives me chills thinking about it because like that was like when they were a happy family together and it was this picture that was taken and he brings that with him, even though he might survive and that picture might be destroyed, but then, and it is destroyed, but then, he sees her face, right? He sees her face in this like flash of a second, and it's like, oh, it just got me. It was amazing. It's so good. It really is a great ending. And we see and 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 when I saw it for the second time, granted there was a much more fuller crowd 
um, when I saw it the second time, uh, it, everyone was cheering. It was such a cheer-worthy moment. People were excited. Um, we finally get off the boat. We realize, uh, is it Nor Norcrio? What's her yeah, name again? Noriko. Noriko. Noriko, we find out she's alive. Um, we have this very flowery, again, like very dense flowery moment, like kind of like Lord of the Rings when, you know, uh, Awen, you know, shows up, you know, yeah, at the unlike king ceremony. Lord, unlike Lord of the Rings, this doesn't have 65 different endings. Oh, this movie does have a lot of endings. Like, I'm not, it, it, doesn't, it, it, it doesn't go, it doesn't, it, th there aren't any like, like, yay, it's over. No, there's five minutes, there's 20 minutes left. Has like what, three endings? Oh, like come on, Ryan. It's a four hour movie. Just sit there and just hold <laughs> it. Yeah, but they fucking fly. They, they fly off. It cuts the black for like twenty seconds. And uh, I'm going off a tangent. I still think. I still think they could have. They should have ended it on 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 uh, uh, Argon getting the getting the, getting his crown. The end. No, because we, we don't need a we don't need a fifteen minutes of them saying goodbye. Kyle, back me boat, up <laughs> on a boat. Even when I saw Kyle, the re-release, like last, like like earlier this year, it's like, oh, come on, I gotta pee. <laughs> you have a cup, Brian. I love it. I I, I love the hundred endings that are in the, uh, the Return of the King. They all work. Like they, I'm sorry, it it all it does well, also, work. I, I also I bring this up because I watched rewatched uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. And there's a joke at the end where it's like, like, yeah, I've seen, I've seen, uh, I've seen the last Lord of the Rings movie, and trust me, this movie does not have 55 different endings. Although there is this one, there is one other scene that does happen. Because it's okay, Christmas movie. Okay, okay, so, okay, so at the end of Godzilla, we find that she's in the hospital, she's alive, and it's a great moment, and it's such a great moment because. You know, in a movie like this, it's, you know, it could be kind of seen as like, well, well, just way too convenient that she survived. But, but here you're kind of like. Are... But yeah, yeah, the performances are so good that, that you actually kind of care like, oh, shit, she's alive. Yeah, you're just like overwhelmed, you know, with emotion. And then you see the ta the radiation tattoo and then. We see I don't the thing. I don't think that's a tattoo. I think that's that's. I'm sorry. It, it's it is a radiation. <laughs> Ryan, just go with me. All right. Just go with. Just w bear with me here. Um, and then we cut to you know we haven't seen Godzilla last, and then it's finally the movie starts with Godzilla minus one. Like finally, the movie starts. You know. Oh, we get the end credits. Um. And then that's it. You know, good mo great movie, guys. It's, um, I can't wait to see Boy in the Hair. And I, you know, yeah. I think, you know, I, I know you both have seen it and, um, it, and I've heard a million great things. Uh, also, I, I, did, I did see some people say it could be considered di divisive and it's not audience friendly, which it, I guess, I mean, it takes its time. It's not really a movie for even though there are like fantastical elements, especially in the second half. Uh, it take does take its time. It's not really a children's movie. 
I think but, Kyle is burying us. Okay, he's he's burying. Oh, there's the lie. Oh, no, I'm kidding. Go ahead, Ryan. But uh, but yeah, uh, uh, uh boring the heroine. Uh, it, 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 it's great, and also I do want to see the dub because Pattinson uh does the boy does he 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 goes with it. Yeah. Uh yeah, I'm very excited for the, the boy and the heron. Um, and we will be talking about that very soon. Um, we are going to talk about Saltburn eventually. <coughs> um, me and me and another, another guest host, we want to do it. It's just been finding the time to do it. Uh, so we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out soon. Um, maybe oh, we'll are you like a monster now? <laughs> Anyway, um, so uh, so anyway, uh, that's all we have for these two movies. We just wanted to kind of get, you know, a quick update. Um, with that said, um, Ryan, where can the good people find you? And do you have anything to plug? Uh, I am on the the Twitter at I'm not I refuse to call it X. Uh, the Twitter at the True Defense. I am on. The uh, late or uh, a version of Movie Friends, the Movie Friends podcast. I did Thanksgiving, uh, like a day before Scott. Uh, th that studio went to hell, but we're not going to talk about it. And also, I did a couple bad movies we love episodes. One during Ernest Scared Stupid, the Halloween classic, and uh, uh, Zack Snyder's Misunderstood Sucker Punch. All right. <laughs> Cool, 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 cool. And I'll have a, um, um, I'll put a link in the description below so you can listen to that Thanksgiving episode. Yeah, um, we, I did. We did it. We did it like a day before all that happened. Um. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I remember. Yeah. I remember Kale. When you saw that when you saw Thanksgiving like that, like the day it happened. It's like, no, this is a, one of their movies. What the fuck did you get me into, Ryan? Yeah. Fuck you, Ryan. Anyway, but, that's, <laughs> but, it, but we will not do a podcast on... With that said, we will not do a podcast review on Thanksgiving because uh, that we're... Because, um, uh, yeah, if you just want to look up what happened... At, it's Spyglass. Spyglass. Just go look it up. It's, um, you know, I don't like they to make you guys do homework, but just do that and you'll probably kind of... If you, if you follow have movie, if you follow any movie news... Uh, you know what we're talking about. Yeah, definitely. So it, it's okay if you disagree with me. Um, just know that, you know, um, I made an executive decision on that one. Okay, Kyle, finally, um, where can the good people find you? I have returned to um, put into context. Um, I am a monster now. I have radiation poisoning, and I am now a Godzilla. So I will end this... Um, video with a bunch of Godzilla um, language, but thankfully I have found a device to help translate this into English. So um, you can find me at my YouTube channel, Kyle Arking. I have just reviewed the Abyss 4K theatrical release, and um, yeah, so check me out there. A movie I uh. still don't like. It's Cameron's worst movie. Oh, we got to get down to that, Ryan. 
One day. One day, folks. One day. One day. Um, which, by the way, uh, if you want to see the Abyss, um, if you, you want to see it, like the 4K remaster, it will be available, I think, Tuesday. Tomorrow? Yeah. Tuesday. Well, All of the caverns, 4K stuff, True Lies, Titanic, or not Titanic's already out. Uh, the new. Uh, all the extra new extra the features alien, for alien, alien true lies abyss and the two avatar movies if you want if you want like the extra features i believe they'll they'll, they'll hit bod like tuesday when and it, out like in march yeah the, the 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 actual disc version comes out in march but if you want to go ahead and just like watch them, like either like buy the license or rent them, I think you can do that on Tuesday or tomorrow of this podcast's um whenever airing. whenever whenever you air it or bring it out. Yeah, exactly. So uh thank you, uh thank Kyle at Ryan, thank you guys so much for doing the episode. It means a great deal. Um, and also, uh, thank you listeners for listening in on us give reviews on Twisted Reviews on May, December, and Godzilla versus uh, or Godzilla minus one. Um, thank you all so much for listening. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Movie Kale. Uh, and yes, I will also refuse to call it um, uh, Brand X. I'm also on Threads now. Um, I've not been posting a lot yet because I'm still. You know, I'm kind of still, like, transitioning and trying to get used to things uh, and still, like, follow a bunch of people. But if you want to follow me on threads, it, I'm still... I think I'm either... I think I'm point kale or kale.smith.90, which is my Instagram handle. So uh, please follow me there. Um, also follow me on Twitter, of course, you know, and to get all the information on not only this podcast, but the update on my new podcast from the top. We just did a Michael Mann series last month. We're going to finish it uh, with Ferrari in a few weeks. And we're starting a new season on January 3rd on the, on the works of George Lucas. So thanks have, everyone. Have, have you found a copy of THX 1138 yet? I have uh, the original cut. Um, not it's on to be continued. Laser disc. To be continued. Thanks, everyone. We'll be back with you all very, very soon. Bye. 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 Very soon. Bye 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 very soon. 
Bye. Very soon. Bye. Very soon. Bye. Very soon. Minus one.